Welcome to the most valuable fucking show you're going to listen to all week. Good guerrilla marketing is getting your product idea information in front of someone who actually wants it. The best people at guerrilla warfare in general are the natives. I don't know. Should I be on Twitter? Do I need a Twitter account? I don't know, Sally. Is that where your audience is? This is Unfuck My Business. Welcome to unfuck my business. And uh, we've got some some really exciting stuff to talk about today. And especially because this was uh, prompted by one of our listeners, Adam Vesa, shout out to you. Um, you've asked us about guerrilla marketing. And I think all of us here have some experience of that to, to one degree or another. I know that um, my take on it is very different from some of the other folks. So I think we'll have a good broad spectrum of what guerrilla marketing is and how to use it effectively for your business. As always, uh, my co-host and partner in crime, Robin Sales, here with us. Hello, hello. And our community director, Kathleen Seide. Hello. And I'm uh, super pleased to be able to introduce uh, Shay Jeffers, a new voice on the podcast that we'll be hearing a lot more from, somebody else who has... Uh, quite a bit of experience in the branding and marketing space. Tell us who you are real quick, Shay. Good morning, good morning, Shay Jeffers. I am the catalyst, basically an agent of change, uh, agent of growth within your business for branding, marketing, or just the clarity around your business, uh, really helping business owners define being a CEO, not just being a solopreneur, because there's tons of pitfalls and black holes that can come up with it. So I've become the catalyst to change all that in their world. Beautiful. And we are glad to have your voice here. So let's start with this concept of, of what is guerrilla marketing to begin with. Uh, the idea of guerrilla marketing is sort of similar to the idea of guerrilla warfare in that, you know, traditionally you would have these armies face off across a big battlefield with clearly defined soldiers on either side. Uh, guerrilla warfare changed all that. They weren't in the open battlefield. They were attacking from cover and camouflage positions, and they didn't always wear uniforms. Sometimes it was hard to identify who the soldiers were. A guerrilla marketing really is that, that approach to marketing. There's no clear battlefield. There's no clear identified players. It's a way to get a marketing message out there in ways that feel more organic, but which technically aren't. And I kind of feel like we're going to be giving away some secrets today because guerrilla marketing definitely gets into some of those areas around where people are like, oh, you marketers. Yeah. <laughs> and I do, I do want to point out before we deep dive too deeply into this. I do want to clarify for folks that um, just like with anything, when it comes to marketing, there's a degree of manipulation involved. And I think it's important to state right up front that intent is key. So please have good intentions <laughs> with any of the tips that we're going to give you today. We have a combined experience that is quite powerful and we choose to use that power for good and we are encouraging you to use that power for good so please do not listen to this episode and and go pull some shitty devious marketing uh, <laughs> and say i learned it from them right <laughs> any of this can be used for good intentions or bad intentions we're focusing on good intentions please uh, apply everything judiciously and with the right heart Apologies to Uncle Ben, but with great marketing power comes great marketing responsibility. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good time. 
So let's just start out with with a quick overview of some guerrilla marketing concepts. I want to make sure that as we start talking about these things in in more depth that people uh, understand what we're really referring to. Astroturfing is a common guerrilla marketing tactic where you are essentially shilling. You have a bunch of people who are coordinated around a specific marketing message who are participating in organic conversations as though they are not compensated and incentivized humans trying to drive a marketing message forward. Uh, That's probably one of the most common approaches to guerrilla marketing in that it's fairly easy to do. And believe me when I say you see it around you all the time. Some of that has been normalized into what's now called influencer marketing. Really, it's still the same thing. You've got people who are doing their very best to hide the fact that they're being compensated to market or advertise a product. Um, But you know, who are, and they're driving that forward. Another form of guerrilla marketing is uh, link raids, essentially, which just mean hitting lots and lots and lots of small groups and communities that you think are relevant around a product, bringing a couple of your shills with you and starting conversations around a specific product in those communities. Super labor intensive, but often the most successful and really like looking organic if it's done well. Those are probably, in, in my mind, those are two of the most common forms of digital guerrilla marketing. Robin, Shay, any other high-level methods that we should probably include in this conversation? So I think from a digital perspective, there's things like, um, I, I don't know if there's a more official term for it, but I see a lot with big conferences and big events where you appropriate the hashtag. So you're using a popular hashtag for an event. And and I've seen this specifically for conferences and conventions where everyone wants to look at the back channel. P.S. That's a guerrilla way of learning is to go watch the back channel of an event that you couldn't afford to go to. It's one of my favorite things to do. So, you know, if it's, um, let's just say that we were doing, you know, this massive UFMB conference and the hashtag was you know, hashtag UFMB 2021, right? And we're encouraging everyone who's attending the conference to use that hashtag. Well, people who aren't at the conference um, can also use that hashtag to kind of get their information in front of this captive audience of people at the conference. Also, your fellow attendees can also use that hashtag to be like, look, 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 look at what I do. You know, I can help you out. And and also schedule like sub events. So you hop onto a larger events hashtag to coordinate a group of like-minded individuals at a sub event that's taking place satellite to the larger event. So co-opting, appropriating a hashtag for an event or something that's going on is is something that I've seen a lot and quite frankly, I've used in the past. You know, I'm always conscious of any ground rules that the event organizers have laid out. But I do also know from being on the side of the rope where you're the one organizing the event, when you bring large groups of people together, you can't really dictate how they interact with one another. And so I think from an event organizer standpoint, you just have to know that hashtag co-opting is going to take place and like be cool with it. You brought these people together and they're making shit happen on the heels of your event. And I think that's success in and of itself. Where it goes bad is when the event organizers get wind of it and they try to shut it down. And that just makes the event organizers look bad, quite frankly. Yeah. But but I say all that to say like there's, you know, tread carefully. The other thing I think of when I think of guerrilla marketing is it makes me go back to zine culture, skateboard 
band days. Local bands and local skateboard clothing brands and, you know, local zines uh, were always some of the best at doing that guerrilla marketing. If you walk down a downtown street and you see stickers on a pole, that's guerrilla marketing, right? If any one of those stickers catches your eye and you go, oh, let me see what this is, right? They just won the guerrilla marketing game right there. If you're, you know, at a show for one band and people from another band that share similar audiences, like handing out flyers and handing out stickers at that show, that's guerrilla marketing. In the corporate space and in the event space, we see that with you're at an event and there's cocktail tables, I'm going to put my business card, I'm going to put my promotional flyers on those free spaces within this event, right? And that's also another form of guerrilla marketing, right? Just using, sometimes taking advantage of a space that somebody else has created to get word out about your product or service or, you know, yeah. So for digitally, I always think of hashtags and the back channel for events as a great way to do some guerrilla marketing. Also a way to get in trouble doing some guerrilla marketing. <laughs> but then when I think of like the first image that always pops up in my mind, though, is those those skateboarders, those bands, those zines, carrying around your zine, carrying around your stickers, getting it on as many poles, getting into as many pockets as possible and using those events to spread the word. Beautiful. And uh, Shay? Oh, yeah. Um, so what came to mind is uh, trend jacking. Um, basically, that's the, the one of the easiest ways to do. We've talk, kind of talked about it the podcast in terms of like seeing the wave, uh, especially getting ahead of it and kind of getting inside of the, the tunnel and writing that out. But another kind of thing that when I'm thinking about guerrilla marketing is the hit and run tactics, kind of like the Banksy art style of, of, of popping up and putting on something in a very uh, public place and just having subtle little messages. So what comes to mind is like, I saw a little picture here of a Banksy art piece, which was essentially probably got paid by McDonald's. So he took the stripes in the road and turned it into a fry box, <laughs> you know, so that the stripes were the fries. And then he just painted off uh, a quick little uh, McDonald's box. So that's kind of a cool way you can kind of jump into the mainstream. The, the idea is taking what's in somebody's head and showing it inside of the world where they won't expect it. That's why I think about guerrilla marketing. And I, and I know uh, Kathleen has so, sort of um, done some, I guess what I might call interest jacking by taking some things that are potentially not necessarily directly related to your core marketplace, but actional or weaponizing them to, uh, to, you know, drive business to, to your company. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, that's an interesting way to phrase it. Weaponizing. You know, I also took the vow. I will not use my superpowers. (laughs) Personally, I'm adding things that I enjoy into my business and that helps connect me to other other people who are like-minded and I can create raving fans as a bonus there. So I think the, the example you're talking about is the bike, the Berg uh, open houses that I do. So, yep. so that's a situation where instead of hosting an open house at a listing, that's mine, you know, I was new to town, new to St. Pete. I didn't have any listings at the time. And I decided that I would start scheduling bicycle tours through popular neighborhoods that stop at multiple houses so that people can, who are in the market can get exposed to what that neighborhood has to offer. And it's not just what the individual homes have to offer because when you're biking through a neighborhood, you actually get to see what the feel is of the neighborhood and what it's like to live there in a, in a much closer sense. And 
those are values of me and how I do my business anyway. So it really aligned nicely. And it gave me access to a whole other er uh, group of people who weren't communicating with me already. And there's nobody else doing it in that space. So, you know, I had uh, free advertising for the event. I, I don't, I think I, I actually did do a couple of Facebook ads, but I, you know, I had meetup, a meetup for it. I did um, some flyers around town at local like coffee shops and bike shops and places where people that want to bike and be outside would be and um, Facebook events and then advertised it like probably only like 20 bucks a month in advertising for it. And I would consistently have a nice small group that was uh, intimate enough that I could actually engage with people to come see homes with me. And that was a nice, like you said, guerrilla marketing tactic. It, it's a, and I want to make sure that, that it's clear here that when good guerrilla marketing is getting your product idea information in front of someone who actually wants it. And there's a big difference between that and spam. I, I've seen so many groups get overrun with ham handed, you know, nickel marketers who uh, just drop a link and add nothing of value to the conversation. They haven't taken the time to see if anybody's interested in this topic or concept a lot. And this is a place where a lot of people have heard me rant about multi-level marketers or, or uh, you know, uh, pyramid folks. They are the worst at this. Every time, I mean, a couple of my uh, Facebook groups, part of the questions that I ask, you know, to be able to become a member of the group is, are you, uh, is your primary business an MLM? And the only reason I even ask that question, it isn't because I'm looking at them judgmentally, although I totally am. It's because of the fact that their behavior is so poor because they're trained so poorly. They're given this concept or this idea that it's just a numbers game. And if you get in front of enough people, you're definitely going to make a sale. Well, I mean, theoretically, that might be true. But what's probably more likely is that you're going to be banned from 100,000 groups on Facebook, because you just walk in and you sound like a spammer. With guerrilla marketing, you have to be an organic member of the community. People ask me all the time about Reddit, for instance, they're like, Chris, you get all this traffic from Reddit. Um, what's the secret to like getting information or getting a attention and traffic from Reddit? And the answer is always be a Redditor. You have to be a member of that community. You have to know how to talk like a member of that community. You have to understand the culture of that community. And I think a lot of people who could benefit from guerrilla marketing sometimes are turned off by it because it's labor intensive. And I fully ag agree. It is a labor intensive approach, but it's also an approach that doesn't cost you much except time. So your marketing budget can be really small and you can be very effective with guerrilla marketing. And if you're doing it right, if you're actually a member of those communities and you're really delivering that something of value to those communities, you actually start to build true fans with it. You know, you can fully walk into a community and be like, hey, I'm the president of XYZ widgets, not trying to spam or anything, but I saw that there were some questions about widgets and my widgets are pretty good. Let me answer some questions about widgets in general. And then if you're interested in my widgets, by all means, come take a look. And there's a value transaction in good guerrilla marketing that ties those things together. Uh, when I was trying to build interest in my first business, one of the things that I was doing everywhere that I could find a group that was talking about web development or doing business online, I would jump in those groups and start answering questions. Now, the link to my website would be in my signature on every single post that I made, 
But I wasn't advertising it in that way. It was very, very passive. I was there answering questions. And that kind of like direct engagement while your brand is visible behind you, you know, that sort of product placement mug on your desk in your, uh, your photo, that is a backdoor way to start getting interest. When you're not smacking people in the face with it, you're just, it's always present and there behind you and it's part of how you're known. How do y'all incorporate your brand into help messages and, and how do you passively let people find your business while also acting as a, a community leader and helper. Uh, Robin, I saw a finger there. I, I actually wanted to follow up on what you said, and then I'm going to answer okay. your question. <laughs> Some of my favorite examples of guerrilla marketing are, are seamless. When you don't notice that it's guerrilla marketing, you know, and I think so. So a, it happens sort of organically and you don't realize that you've been subtly marketed to, or when you do notice, your response is not, oh, those guys got me. Your response <laughs> is, all right, this was so fucking clever. I love it. You got me. You sucked me in. And, and I love that. Like, you know, ha have some fun with it. In the workshops that I do, I, I use a process I call learning by surprise. <laughs> like, we're going to have so much fun. It's not until you are on your drive home that you're going to be like, oh, my God, I learned something, you know? <laughs> and I do think, like, you can use surprise as a really effective element in guerrilla marketing as well. Like, oh, my God, I'm just now realizing that that was a marketing message and it totally got me, you know? And, and again, in, in, a, in a positive, fun surprise kind of way, not in a pull the rug out from under you kind of surprise way. Coaching is a big part of what I do. And I'm also one of those people who's just constructed to help people. I think we all are. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. And so I can't help but answer questions, offer advice, join the conversation when I can. And I do think you're correct, Jinx. Like it, it has to be genuine and organic and coming from a place of genuinely wanting to help others succeed. I keep hearing the term zero sum game lately, you know, and if we could just get everyone to realize that business is not a zero sum game, it's not I win, you lose, it's I win. And if I help you win too, we all win better. Um, <laughs> and uh, that has proven out for me time and time and time again. So um, I have a little technique that I use, especially if I'm on like networking calls or if I've been invited to, you know, answer questions or offer input in somebody else's thing, I think the chat in a Zoom or a Google Hangouts or a networking meeting where you're, where you have a chance to sort of capture the attention of your peers, but you only have a short time to do it. Maybe you don't get a chance to speak on the microphone or answer a question. So I think if you're not called on to answer, you can use that chat space to answer questions and offer an additional viewpoint, right? That'll help people. But I also have a pre-written thing that I copy and paste and I make sure I put in the chat and I call it like my digital calling card specifically for these events. And so before the event is over, I will copy and paste my digital calling card in there. And it's basically just like, hey, if anyone has any more questions, here's my email, here's my website, and here's some resources I have for you. And I make sure that I put the resources in there. I have a whole page of resources on my website. So it's not just like, come buy my shit. It's like, here, I have more shit to help you. Like, start there. And that is proven to be very effective because even if people don't see it in the moment, you can save the chat from these things and you can go and I'll always save the chat and go back and look at like, 
who had interesting things to say, who, you know, somebody gave this great bit of advice, where was it? So if you save the chat from the event, people might not see you in the moment, but if they save that chat and go back and look at it, they're going to see you then, right? And so if they see you and they're interested in what you had to say and they want to follow up, make it easy for them by plopping your information in that chat window as well. So that's, that's one of the most effective methods that I have right now um, from a help standpoint of, you know, if, if, if we've been in a networking thing or in a forum together and, and you found what I said valuable and helpful, here's how you can get in contact with me. And I just put that little digital calling card in there to make it easy for them. And that's one of the things like I, I, I often introduce myself, Grumpy Old Bastard of Tech. You can find me online at grumpyoldbastardatech.com. Super dead easy, memorable way that they can find you later. I mean, that's one of those, the, the important factors of that passive sort of backend marketing is that it's got to be something dead easy that they can just remember all things considered. Shay, how do you uh, bring your brand in sort of passively when you're engaging in these conversations? Well, it's, it's very much like Robin, to be honest. It, it, it's, it's, it's that that natural answering of questions, that, that desire to be uh, like sit in the back and wait and listen. Um, I'll say listening is a huge piece of this. Uh, listening for for profit, essentially, because there is something that is being said that is not being answered that you can then provide just a little tidbit, a little breadcrumb that draws them in a little, a little deeper. Um, storytelling always works really, really well. Uh, being able to tell a, a wrap a really good story around the, the topic at hand and give people like just open up their mind to the fact that you're a creative, that you are expressive, then they, they're now they're in tune with like, well, that was interesting. Let me find out a little bit more. Of course, making sure the breadcrumbs are, are an easy trail to follow. And Kathleen, I, I, I actually, I think of all the people that I know, you're one of the few folks that I can easily ream off a couple of brands that you've built and are associated with um, because you tie them all together very gracefully. What's your general approach? I mean, Society Realty obviously is the core thing, but you know, why St. Pete and Bike the Berg and all these other uh, sort of approaches that you've created to to make yourself easy to find and to get people in front of you. What's your general thought behind how you approach that? I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I did a lot of research and, and figuring out how to integrate content marketing into what I do. And back then, and I think now still, the idea of giving away what you do for free terrifies people. But the truth is, as an expert, you have so much more to add what you're sharing with people that they need to pay you for it, right? And then when you couple that with the idea that the best marketing, my favorite marketing is the marketing that when you deliver it to people, they're thanking you for giving them exactly what they wanted, right? So you put those two things together and you create content or you, you share information openly with people in a way that for, for me, I do it in a very accessible way so that as they have questions, they feel like they can come to me and it builds trust over time. So I have this large base of people who trust me, who listen to me and who come to me, not just with real estate questions, but all kinds of questions because I connect people with each other. And I really enjoy seeing people succeed because I connected them. So that authentic, that authenticity behind it is a big piece of it as well. I couldn't agree more. I really love creating raving fans. So taking that content marketing, that accessibility and using intention behind it to take the people who are the best fans I have and the best 
my best cheerleaders and giving them more tools, giving them more support, thanking them on a regular basis creates people out in the community that are doing all of that for me. So it's similar to you, you were saying, I think AstroTurf was the term you used, but yes. it's not at all because it's authentic, right? So it's taking that idea, but actually doing it the right way, actually doing it where the people that are doing it care and, and they're passionate about it. I have friends who, if they know somebody who, who uses another agent uh, in real estate instead of me, they'll beat them up. They're like, you have no idea what the fuck did you do? You're going to regret it. Right. And I, I sit there and I just laugh when I hear these stories. It's wonderful because I love how passionate they are that I've created this community and this um, culture where that that's normalized. Well, and the whole idea with guerrilla marketing is that people have a natural defense if they know they're being marketed to. Right. And so, you know, in the darkest parts of guerrilla marketing, it's it's entirely about hiding any marketing intent whatsoever. But when you find that that happy medium in the middle where you are identifying as who you are and you're connected to your brand, but you're actually really delivering value back, like that's that's where it matters. That's that's where you cross that line of past their marketing defense, but you don't cross that line of, you know, acting without integrity or acting unethically, uh, all things considered. And so because I know that Adam was specifically looking for some tactics Let's let's talk a little bit about the specific tactics and how we approach that. Um, and I'm going to give one of the outlines uh, of something that has worked really, really well for me. Uh, in fact, it was part of how I built my my business the first time. Uh, I I like to answer questions, and I think we've all agreed that you know teaching is fundamentally a, a part of good marketing in this particular strain. But where do I find the people asking questions? So what I would do is I would get on Google and I knew that I wanted to answer some specific kind of question. So I will search that question in quotes. Uh, my website is running slow. How do I improve the speed? Right. And then I will take uh, Google search tools and I will adjust that to only show me questions that have been posted online that Google knows about in the last week. These are all fresh. These conversations are not three years old and dead, you know. And you're going to get a fair number of results across a big group community platforms. Chances are you're going to see Quora in there. You'll see Reddit in there. Uh, you might find Twitter in there. Any of the platforms that are openly indexable by Google. And within that time frame, you'll start seeing the results too. And so I'll go jump in there with the, uh, the idea of answering those questions in particular. And I will, I will probably write out a couple of scenario answers in advance, stick them in a notepad or something. That way I'm not completely retyping them every time. And then as I go into each platform and I'm answering those questions, I can slightly modify that text after I paste it in to personalize it for that platform. Cause you really need to be speaking in the culture and the native tongue of that platform, so to speak. Uh, and one of the other things that I do as a part of that is a concept that I created called Spamiflage. And the idea of Spamiflage is that if somebody is looking for a specific recommendation for a product or platform, if you just drop your link, then it's an endorsement. If you drop a selection of links that includes your link, now it's a set of offerings and they are free to choose whichever of those that they like. But the magical sauce to that is, is a human psychology thing where if you put three things in a row, we are almost automatically drawn to the thing in the middle. 
So you put option A, my option B, option C. And as long as yours is in the middle, and you can even like structure some conversation around that. Um, I might say, oh, you're looking for a new mobile device. Okay, well, you know, uh, iPhones obviously are very, very popular and, and well thought of. People who own iPhones are, you know, super enthusiastic about it and love to tell you about it, you know, but they're expensive and it's kind of a walled garden and you don't really have the same sort of open integration or customization options that you have on others. Personally, I've been using the OnePlus phones for a long time. I'm a big fan. They hit a real price point between like budget and performance, their reliability is great and all the rest of that. Uh, on the Android side, opposite of uh, iPhone is Samsung. They're a huge, very popular brand in the Android space. Uh, and that's a nice, neat, even keeled review of three major brands. But I've already attached my personal experience to one of those brands and subtly emphasize that in a way that draws attention to it. And you can spin that tactic out a thousand different directions. And again, it's great from a budget perspective because it costs you literally nothing but time. I can find 50 people who have asked a similar question about my product in the last week, have most of my text created and spun up in advance, and then just go slam these places, Quora, Reddit, forums, 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 forums. Um, and doing the same thing with Facebook groups. I participate in a lot of Facebook groups that seem adjacent or relevant to product offerings or expertise that, that I'm offering um, because I can always be there to answer those questions. And the other part of that equation is the concept of karma, right? I'm a high karma user on Reddit. So my answers are not auto banned by the system and they're given more weight by people who understand the culture of Reddit. Uh, I can create posts on Reddit that go to the front page because of the amount of karma that I have and my established history in the community. They go look at my profile. I didn't join two weeks ago. I've been around for 11 years. They're like, oh, this guy's not some spammer. He's legit, you know, and I have lots and lots of non-marketing organic content around that as well. Uh, and that's an important part of the equation. You've got to have some karma, whatever that means in that community. Facebook groups presents a lot of opportunity for this. One of the things that I try to do, and oh God, everybody's going to recognize this now and probably going to call me out on it. I always go for mod in every group that I get added to. If you invite me to your group within a week, if I like your group and I want to participate in it long-term, I'm going to ask to be a mod there. Why? because I get that little gray badge next to my name every single time that I post that adds a little extra credibility to what I say. And if I'm trying to deliver some sort of marketing message or answer in there, now that's made me a more listenable member of that group. What are y'all specific Healthy. marketing tactics? I would like to toss the idea out there of vectoring. Um, and that's basically just getting into the bloodstream of other, other communities, much like you're, you're saying, but, you know, putting it as a gift to the, the central hub of that, that, that group and saying, hey, you know, this is something that you can then present to the rest of your, your organization. So, for example, most recently I was talking, I was shooting a breeze with a, another fellow brander uh, or brand strategist, and they were trying to figure out, like, how could they then get their new product out into the right hands, into the right phases, like you're talking about. You, need, you want to get this in front of the right people. And so I told them, like, you know, if you have a partnership with a local printer, you can offer this, this guide, whether it be, you know, whatever that guide may be to them and say, hey, this is a free, free gift that you can then present to all of your clients as an early, you know, happy new year, 
I have this new gift, you know, put it in a little package. And then now you are now in front of X amount of people through that vector. Kathleen, you're up. Uh, another thing that's interesting to do is look at other companies who are also talking to the same customers that you are and see if there's ways that you can get together and produce something together so that you can cross pollinate. So you, yeah. you find people that you also trust who are delivering the kind of services at the quality level that you can stand behind and then see how you can share information. And it's not just like, like in real estate, I was partnering or not partnering. I'm not sure what the term is actually, but doing this for a while with a, a painting company where I would support him, he would support me. And it's not just sending a flyer out. It, it was more in depth than that, but that was us working together because we're talking to the same customers in a way that benefits both companies. I love it. And um, I think when we talk about guerrilla marketing in terms of small entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs who are just getting started, the budget is minimal or zero. And so even if the cost is only time, that time is valuable and needs to be spent in the right place. And that's where data and a little bit of research can help you make some really smart decisions. So in thinking about like which channels to allocate your time and energy toward, go find out to Jinx's earlier point, like where are these conversations already taking place and how can you contribute to those conversations? Do the work. If you're, if you're trying to figure out where best to spend my time, spend your time really truly understanding who your ideal client is. I don't mean a demographic. I don't mean a target demographic. I mean, who is your ideal client? The person who's going to get the biggest benefit from working with you specifically. So if you really truly put in the work up front, understanding who that ideal client is and, and how and where to talk to them, then you know, then, then you don't come to folks like us. You know, you don't come to people like me and Shay and go, I don't know, should I be on Twitter? Do I need a Twitter account? I don't know, Sally. Is that where your audience is? Like, do you even know, right? <laughs> like, one. there's no blanket risk. What time should I post? I don't know. When is your audience online looking at that platform? You have to really understand who the fuck you're talking to. And then you can make really smart, informed decisions about where to spend your time, right? Maybe your ideal platform is Pinterest, you know, maybe your ideal platform is LinkedIn. Maybe you'd be wasting your time over on Reddit, right? So like go find out where your people are, where they already live and get yourself there. So if you are just struggling to figure out which platform and where to spend your time, start there. You need to truly understand who you're talking to and figure out where they already are. And then I'll share... <laughs> Like take advantage, like think outside the box and take advantage of every element. I just want to share a quick story about one of my favorite. It was my favorite, but it also was one of the most effective guerrilla marketing things I ever did. Um, I was speaking at a fairly large conference and I was speaking on the Friday. So it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I spoke on Friday, which meant I already got a significant number of people who are now aware of me and what I do and I'm now a source, a resource for those people. 
but there's still Saturday and Sunday, right? And I don't want to lose that momentum. I, I want to, you know, get in front of as many people as possible. <laughs> so I had shirts made and it, it can relatively inexpensive with printing on demand nowadays. So I had shirts made that had my logo or something on the front, but then on the back, not the full back of the shirt, but on the back, like just below the neckline, I had, are you struggling to find your audience? Text this number for resources. <laughs> because I knew if I'm sitting in front of you in a session, you're going to keep looking at the back of my shirt. And eventually you're going to get curious enough to text that number and find out what the fuck I'm talking about, right? I got more signups from those shirts and that phone number than I did when I gave the keynote on the first day, right? So just like, just understanding the circumstance, you know, I'm going to literally be sitting and walking in front of people all day for the next two days. Why don't I give them something to read? Why don't I give them something to do? Like anyone who sits behind me is a captive audience now, right? <laughs> so like really think outside the box when it comes to your guerrilla marketing. Think about the space that you're occupying and the situations that you're going to be in and, and how you can take advantage of that. Agree completely. And Shay, uh, you had a thought there as well. Yeah, it, 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 this, this whole thing around guerrilla marketing, if you want to, like, taking it back to the, the just the ground swell, break, the break points of guerrilla marketing, the best people at guerrilla marketing have, oh, guerrilla warfare in general, because that's what we're referring to, are the natives. Yep. Um, so sometimes it's taking the time to, to go learn from the natives of that community. If you're, if you're, if you're new to a community, uh, a good thing is to attach yourself to a, a, a leadership figure in that community. So for instance, if you were to join like a Reddit and you started to engage more strongly with like a jinx that's in that group, the more that you're, you can accelerate your, your, your prestige and your karma by tagging along. So like a remora on a shark, you know, the shark is kind of running the waters, but the remoras, you, you don't mess with them either. Um, but honestly, taking the time to definitely know the terrain or, or the, the circumstances like Robin was talking about just now and, and camouflaging yourself, using the pieces of that, of that area to camouflage your message and present it just on a consistent basis is, is very, very powerful. There's one other tactic that I want to share that has been really useful. And there's this concept called mirroring, right? In psychology, they talk about, you know, if you want to put people at ease, um, mirror them when you're talking to them. And that means, you know, sort of approaching them with the same tone and the same level of energy and all the rest of that. And then acknowledging and reflecting back their ideas or concerns or fears or, or things along that line, you know. Uh, you're insecure, I'm insecure. We have these things in common. And that becomes, you know, this sort of uh, a bonding ground. There's, people talk a lot about content strategy, but I think that they have this really like generic approach to content strategy a lot where they'll, you know, they're like, write blog posts, but then you write a bunch of crap blog posts that don't really engage with anyone. Whereas if you start thinking about your content strategy from the perspective of mirroring and you remember that high emotion incentivizes high action, go find some big pain point and then be the focal point, that conversational microphone around this pain point. I've, God damn it, this problem that I'm having with the internet, but you know, blah, 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 really take some frustrations that you've heard in other places, become the voice of that frustration. Oh, and by the way, I'm not working with Spectrum anymore. I switched to fucking wow and it solved that problem. Fuck you, Spectrum, you know? 
if I'm a shill for WoW, that just sounds like an organic complaint about Spectrum, but I'm driving other people to that product as well. And this wishy-washy, you know, five best practices, nobody gives a shit, you know? Whereas if you come out like bitching loudly about something, right, and you get people who have that same emotional sort of landscape going on, you can mirror that to great effect to drive a back-end message that isn't even at the front of their brain at all. They're mirroring you on that big main point. And so the other actual marketing message that's included in that content um, just sort of takes root natively. It's the, the payload that gets carried along with the rest of the message. Kathleen. Awesome. I love the mirroring idea. That's really powerful. Another tactic that I think is interesting and fun is so diving back into knowing your audience, but like slipping what you have in or or your logo in whatever kind of as a side thing to to just generate awareness and trust over time, right? So an example is for uh, COVID, right? Here we are, we're all locked down. I have some connections with the local hospital and I have been um, showing up in small ways for them over a couple of years. Uh, so when this whole shift happened, and they're now wearing masks all the time. Some people I know there were complaining about, you know, ear strain and whatever. And I went and donated a hundred headbands with these little buttons on them so that they can have that so that it's not hurting their ears anymore. But every one of those has my logo on it, right? So these people that I've met a couple times or have seen, you know, different things that I've done and different uh, places where I've shown up to donate over time now have this, I'm solving a problem for them. It has nothing to do with real estate, but it still puts me in front of them and it builds trust. That's important as well. And at the end of the day, guerrilla marketing works because there is trust. You know, trust is that, uh, the, that camouflage that gets you past the initial defense. And if you're using that well, if you're delivering a message that actually has value, if you're looking specifically for people who really do need your product, you're not just trying to shove it down people's throats. If you're contributing value back to the communities that you're participating in, you know, the, the raising your profile and raising your authority in that space goes hand in hand with the ability to just off the cuff deliver some marketing messages that don't sound like people are being smacked in the face with it. Instead of it being a marketing message, it's a message delivered with authority about a solution to your actual problem. Great guerrilla marketing is always going to be that way. It's always going to be a real solution to a problem in an organic conversation. And I don't even mean fake organic. When you've done this long enough and you've built up your reputation in the space, it really is organic at that point. People know that you have a vested interest in whatever particular solution that you're offering, but it doesn't matter because they trust that your intentions are good and you're actually trying to solve your, that problem. Kathleen, uh, I'll give you that one shot and then we're going to wrap it up from there. Yeah. One more example that I just thought of because of the healthcare tie-in. So the Super Bowl is right around the corner and the Tampa Bay Bucks are in the Super Bowl and everybody in Tampa is going crazy about it. It's actually a home game. The Bucks gave a certain number of tickets to local healthcare workers. It was donated and there was, I'm not sure how they were assigned some sort of a lottery. But everybody in that space is raving about it. So for whatever small cost it was as a community engagement program, now look at how many raving fans they're creating. Not just the people that are showing up, 
everybody they're talking to, everybody they're passionate about, and they're going to be putting it all over their social media when they're at the game, going to the game. Everybody they know is falling in love with them for doing this and for honoring the healthcare workers that have been at the front lines this whole time. Nice. And of course, you know, we big brands are capable of doing <laughs> bigger things, clearly. But that direct reach out of the community, 100%. Absolutely 100%. I hope, Adam, that we've uh, answered some of your questions and, and provided some guidance and hopefully, you know, given you some tactics to start with. Um, for our Unfuck My Business community folks, you know, I, I'd love to talk more in our next Tuesday night community call about um, how we can apply guerrilla marketing tactics and strategies to y'all's business, uh, whatever that business may be. So uh, let's let's do that. But until then, you can email WTF at unfuckmybusiness.com with your questions if you would like them answered in the future. This has been Unfuck My Business, and we will see you next Tuesday. What the fuck are you waiting for? Take what you learned in this episode and do something with it. You'll find all the links and resources we talked about in our show notes for this episode. Go to unfuckmybusiness.com to subscribe to the show.